Welcome to That's Deep, Bro, Serious Questions with Silly People. I am Christina Pajitsky, your host, and today's topic is love. Ah, is there anything more exciting than the topic of love, right? Paintings for centuries have been done on it, poets, songs. It's just, it's a theme that's over and over. It recurs again and again in, in human life because it is, it's the, uh, it's the reason we do stuff. It's the reason we build buildings. I, at least I think men are, they're boners, make everything happen. <laughs> is that the same as love? I don't know. We'll figure that out on today's show. Uh, so we do discuss what, what is love? What is the nature of it? What is it to fall in love? What is that? What, what is that? When you're, you're so sick, you can't think of anything else but that person. And <laughs> it feels like you're, you're just this, like, you're merged with this other being and it's so amazing. And then, and then what is the opposite of that heartbreak? Oh, is there anything worse than breaking up with somebody? It's like, God, the last time I broke up with somebody was before I got married, obviously. And I, I mean, it, it does, it just feels like death. It's just the worst thing ever. So, um, you know, sometimes I, I have an idea in my head of how a certain topic will go. And then, you know, as with everything in life, you plot a course for yourself and it, it never goes that way because you just, you never know <laughs> what's going to happen. And Sarah Tiana is my guest, fabulous comedian, saratiana.com. Uh, and uh, man, this episode really kind of tore me up a little bit emotionally. And I don't know. I, I, it may, you know, I don't know. There's times where I was uncomfortable. There's times where she was uncomfortable there's tears, there's, there's everything, everything. So get a box of Kleenex, uh, before you listen to this one. It's, it's pretty intense, bros. Uh, anyways, on, on to some business though. Uh, if you like my show and when you, you'd like to support it, uh, I, I beg of you when you shop on amazon.com and I hope you do for all of your life's necessities. They've got everything on there, dude. Do your Christmas shopping on Amazon. Can I tell you that I do that. I've been doing that for years. Why? Why go to the mall? Why even bother? I, do you know that the the mall is my personal hell garden? It is. It is Dante's Inferno. I I I hate it. I hate parking. I hate fighting for touching objects. And you know what? I honestly I don't like buying gifts. All right. Look, if you're an adult, you can afford to buy your own goddamn stuff. Why Why do I have to buy you stuff? Because you know this dopey holiday. But what I do is I buy things on Amazon and I have it shipped to people. Ha ha. How's that for a way around the system? Huh? Uh? So anyway, go on my website, click on my banner, shop through my banner. Please, please, please. Helps me out. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Also, please subscribe to my show on iTunes. And, you know, come on. You should give me five stars. Don't you think the show's worth five stars? Come on. <laughs> Uh, I do stand-up comedy around the world. I'm a world-famous comedian. Not really, but I, I do tour around the U.S. constantly. 
you can see all my tour dates on christinacomedy.com. Uh, big show coming up New Year's Eve. I'm doing Cap City Comedy Club in Austin, Texas with my husband, Tom Segura. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love doing stand-up comedy with their husband? Um, follow me on Twitter at Christina P. Listen to my other podcast, Your Mom's House, if you like silliness, but only if you like silliness. Don't listen to Your Mom's House hoping to get that's deep, bro. That's a different show. That's a different show. That's what we're listening to now. So, okay, ready? Are you guys ready? I'm serious. This one's gonna, this is gonna tear your heart out of your chest. It's, oh, okay, get ready. Here we go. Oh, did you, I just got a fucking email. Yeah, I gotta learn to turn the freaking sound up when I do these. Whatever, you forgive me, right? Okay, love, here we go. Moi, je suis les verres au fond du café. J'ai bien trop à faire pour pouvoir rêver. Et dans ce décor banal à pleurer, il me semble encore les voir arriver. Ils sont arrivés, se tenant par la main. Um, my guest here today is Sarah Tiana. Hello. Hello. She's a uh, very funny lady. <laughs> or a uh, girl. A comedian. Oh. Do you like that? You sound like every... Radio DJ that interviews us in the Midwest. <laughs> a comedian. So, wait a minute. You're a woman and you told you. Okay. Okay. Um, so, guys, listen. I like to preface this show by saying, uh, yes, I have a bachelor's degree in philosophy mm-hmm. from Santa Monica Community College. Wow. I, I didn't really. I went to University of San Francisco. But, listen, I'm doing a lot of this from memory, okay? This is just some shit that I read a million years ago that I still like. So, you know, it may not always be 100% factually accurate. I may mess things up. So I may make some shit up. I don't know. It's philosophy. That's what the That's whole what point of it is. do, right? <laughs> they just make stuff up. You know what I mean? Pretty much. And then they just do it in run-on sentences. They're in heart. And they make it hard. So yeah. then you, you feel like an idiot. Because yeah. you're like, wait, I don't understand what Heidegger's saying about existence. Well, nobody is. I have a bachelor's in film, but I took a philosophy class because I had I, I had yeah. a vow to, like when I started college that I wasn't going to take anything that ended in ology or osophy. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and then I had to take philosophy, and I thought it was like it was like ancient, and I was like, oh, cool to be Sores. like dinosaurs and stuff. But <laughs> no, it was like you know fucking Socrates and stuff. And and uh, the guy, the teacher, had like nine books that we had to buy, oh, and no. uh, and then he told us on like, ancient the- Greek tablets. Yeah. <laughs> So like so expensive too, and then yeah. he said that our we would only have two exams, and that one would be um, a midterm, and then we'd have a final, and that uh, and but he would they would all be based on the notes he gave in class. 
So I just took really good notes. And then I got like a B. And then on the he told us at the final, and I never bought any of the books. I just checked them out from the library. And then... Uh, I'm sorry, he, from where? The, li- the library. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then, and then uh, he said for the final that we had to bring the books in for the final. And like, and then <gasps> he would point to something. <gasps> and then we'd have to explain it. What a dick. I know. And I was like, I was like, uh, Mr. You know, whatever. Mr. Dick face. Yeah. Do you, uh, if we're satisfied with our midterm grade, do we have to take the final? And he was like, let me think about that. And then the next day he came back and he goes, no, you don't have to take the final if you're satisfied. You take really good notes, Sarah. So I know that you've been paying attention. I'm like, no shit, I've been taking good yeah, notes. Yeah, motherfucker, I can't afford them books. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up getting a B in the class just because hey. I was satisfied with that. That's solid. Yeah. That's, that's a really good, uh, that's a good grade. Because you know what? I Truth be told, I don't really like the ancient philosophers that much. No. Ugh. It's boring. Yeah. It's in fragments. It's like it's like one sentence. Yeah, I it's can't believe very... that their books still hold up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, who's reading this? Oprah? No. This is no Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, now, speaking of the Greeks, hey, I happen to have some Greek philosophy here to start our show oh, off. Oh, well, okay. So here's the thing, guys. We're doing the topic, which is everybody's favorite. <laughs> Love. Oh. <Aww>. Meow. <laughs> Double meow. Um. So love, you know what? I, in my opinion, like I, what philosophy I have read on love, it philosophy kind of fails me personally in um, discussing love because it's you know what Western philosophy is not great at doing feelings. We just don't. We don't. You know, old white European guys right. weren't big feely, touchy guys. Like they were working on. They stuff. were touchy. <laughs> they were touching themselves a lot. <laughs> I don't know. They were really good Compulsive. at expressing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. They, these guys were like you know ivory tower types. So. The Greeks kind of did have a better, I think, grasp. So here we go. Back back in the day, back when men and boys loved each other in a meaningful way. <laughs> Vomitoriums and the... Okay. Um, there's three types of, of love. Okay, there's eros, agape, and philia. And eros originally uh, meant love in the sense of a kind of passionate desire for an object, typically sexual passion. An object? Well, an object meaning there's a distinction between the subject and the object. An object could mean just somebody, not you, mm-hmm. meaning the other. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be an object, but eros is uh, maybe a vibrator in the sense of like oh, eros. Really? Eros is the, the love of desire, meaning to acquire desire and then wanting to acquire the other. So okay. it is passion. It is fire. It is the lust of your loins. But it isn't called an egocentric love because it is ego based. Is it like the object of your affection? Yes. Right. So that it, and it not, might not necessarily be the person you're with or married to. It's well, another very, person. It right? could be that too. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. daunting. So Eros, uh, it says to be a reason dependent sort of love is to articulate a sharp contrast with agape, a sort of love that does not respond to the value of its object, meaning it's one sided, right? Agape has come primarily through the Christian tradition to mean the sort of love God has for us persons. Okay, agape is that love. Like a familial love. Well, that's the next one, philia. Oh. <laughs> but agape would be like um, godliness love. Like, you ever listen to Marianne Williamson or read The Course in Miracles? Or, no. Or how about, like, just some new agey shit where they're like, you just got to project love. You must um, think of love Like only. the secret. <laughs> there you go. There you go, but with love. Right. <laughs> that's how I see agape. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's so like that you get godly. what you receive. No, actually, I, I mean, think it's, re- it's giving independent of receiving. It is not. Con- oh. It is not a mutually shared thing. It's a one-sided. It's non-conditional. There you go. It's God. It's God. It's mm-hmm. God. And then um, 
Ophelia. That's that's what we're talking about. Affectionate regard or friendly feelings towards not just one's friends, but also possibly towards family members, business partners, and one's country at large. So Ophelia's oh. maybe you and me. We obviously don't yeah. have a sexual relationship. Right. Yet. No, <laughs> <Okay>. Not yet. <laughs> the right. night is young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my parents are about to think that I'm probably going to marry a woman at this point. because <laughs> they're like, well, you wear tennis shoes a lot. And... Uh, you haven't had a boyfriend in three years, so there you we go. just hope she has health insurance. You know, like plus you're southern, so <laughs> yeah, I know. Most of my friends were married at 22. You know? Yeah, so you're really, I mean, you're way practically behind. Dead. Yeah, you're off schedule. Damn it, your I life should be on my be, second marriage. By you now. should be divorced. Yeah, five mortgages. You, uh, okay, it's not so funny. The timelines yeah. are different on on the, the coasts as they are uh, in the Midwest. I think the timelines are different. I was thinking about it though. Like I was just thinking about like now. I wonder if I'm too old to no. because no, not not too old, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like I was watching this show, Love at First, uh, Married at First. Love Night. it. Watched it. I know Love exactly. It. I watched Love the whole it. season. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, and I think that people who get married younger have a better chance of lasting because they're not bringing so many external feelings into the relationship. You know what I mean? Or like baggage. You mean. Yeah. Like yeah. they're not, you know, because I feel like now as much as hard as I try not to make men pay for the price, uh, you know, for the, for the past mm. that I've been through, you don't want to, you know, um, punish people for the sins of others. Yes. Um, it's very difficult to like still, to to bring in like just like this complete trust and honesty and then oh it's almost like, impossible and like and also just to be, have like this um, rejuvenated feeling about it like mm. I think I bring in a like I always talk about how I'd make a great second wife because I'm like <laughs> exhausted too <laughs> you know what I mean like just I'm just tired over it <laughs> yeah. and so I feel like um, a lot of the people that I do know like a lot of people are definitely divorced that I grew up with but a lot of them are definitely still married and I think that's just because. You just go, no, this is pretty much what I wanted. And then you're just fine with it. And like, you just kind of resign to the fact that like, this is good enough. Like there's, do you ever read that book, The Four Agreements? Yeah, I like it. I love it. Which, and then one of the agreements is always um, do your best, but like not better. Don't try to be better than what you already are. And I think, I think when you live in Los Angeles and when you work in a business like we do, we're constantly feeling like we're supposed to be better Mm -hmm. than we're, yeah, it's all based on that. So I think that like, when I'm in relationships, you're thinking it's got to get better. There's got to be something better than this. And I, I think I'm not good at just being okay with, you know, just being happy. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be happier than happy, which is okay. ridiculous. You know so what I mean? This is really interesting. So, okay. So let's follow the, the train of thought. The train of thought being like, and I think I, I agree with you here that a little bit on the, when you're young, let's say you get married at 20 or 21, mm-hmm. you're not really formed yet as an adult. Right. You're not really a person until I would say, I would argue 28 ish. Oh yeah. At least. And let's say you marry your high school sweetheart. Some people have amazing success with that. And, right. And you can be married to that same person forever and it works out. Other people tend to break up with that first, let's say, college mm-hmm. sweetheart, and then you become a fully realized adult, and then you do it again. So maybe there is less baggage the first marriage mm-hmm. around. On the other hand, maybe you're just not fully formed as a human being yet, and you stay maybe a little stunted at that emotional age. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How are your 20-year-old married friends now? Do they seem... No, it feels like they've developed? grown together. Oh, okay. You know so that's I mean? cool. Like, they've, they've figured out... Like, they've definitely had hard times, but... I think you, 
you go through these phases in your life, like just as we do in comedy, like you go through a phase, like with material, right? So like mm-hmm. you go through a phase where you're just like talking about being lonely and then I'm talking about being happy, you know, a couple years later. And then I'm, you know, you're, like, you're almost hoping that in stand-up you can write about different segments in your life. And I think that when people get married younger, they're going through those segments together and falling back in love again. Hopefully. Years and Hopefully. You, you have to, I see. I, I, I feel I see like you really have to marry somebody that you can continue to fall back in love with. Absolutely. Right. Or you can continue to evolve with. Right. Who's willing to do that yes. emotional And uh, I think that work. those people are willing to evolve with each other if they're married younger. Whereas when you're a little bit more set in your ways, like myself, yeah. it's hard to just become accustomed to other people's ways because I'm so happy living alone. I don't or, like anybody staying at my house. I well, like those are, but those are cosmetic in, in my right, opinion. Those right. are, those are the little fixes that you can tweak here mm-hmm. and there. Or you could say what a wonderful package you are because mm-hmm. you're kind of already put together as a human. Yeah. Like you've done the work and now maybe you could find somebody who's also done the work and now you come together as two fully foreign people. Whereas you know, I met my husband when I was, I was, uh, we started dating Tommy was 25 and mm-hmm. I was 28 and luckily mm-hmm. we've evolved together, but mm-hmm. that could have been disastrous. 25? Totally, yeah. yeah. A man at 25? <laughs> A boy at <laughs> 25. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think evolving together, yeah, is a, oh man, I don't know. It's a really, it's important, but I feel like, I, that's why that show Married at First Sight was oh, so I great because it. like for the just because, like on paper, like literally, they the pe- the person that the couple that didn't work out was the couple that wasn't honest enough about what they really thought they want. They realized I they wanted agree. something else. So you what know? you're referring to, you're referring to the one couple who didn't work out at all, right? Yeah, the military the guy, the military guy, and, and the black woman with short hair. Yeah, and they were so cute, and they hit it off immediately. They had great sexual chemistry. I think she lied. She did. She, she admitted or, that, or rather, the end. yeah, she misrepresented, or maybe she projected what she thought she wanted. Right, and I realized wanted, she was different than what yeah. She, she said she wanted. Just for those of you who aren't <laughs> following the show, <laughs> this uh, the, the experiment of the show is that strangers meet for the first time and they get married the At first the altar. time. Yeah. They meet. So they're like, oh hi, I'm Sarah. Literally <laughs> okay, and I do. It's so bananas. <laughs> they shake they shake hands at the altar. It's bananas, yeah. <laughs> So this couple on paper looked great and right. she misre- she misrepresented what she she said she wanted a kind of a traditional man mm-hmm. and that she wanted to be a traditional wife. It turned out she didn't really want to cook for him ever do or do yeah. any of the stuff. The kind of wives, listen, I'm as feminist as they come. I love cooking for my husband. Oh my God. Yeah. You and I have baked treats We're together. Very much the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I feel like, you know, like I am a very traditional, like I like to, you know, watch sports all day on Sunday and I like to cook. <sighs> I like to make traitor. you breakfast. I you're like to pack traitor. your lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I feel like uh, for a woman to feel love, we need to be held and touched. And for a man to feel love, he needs respect. And so. And he needs his balls milked. <laughs> oh. He needs his nuts drained regularly. It, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. If guys don't fuck you, it's, it's you, you got to fuck in a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm serious. That's huge. Okay. Uh, I just don't want to <laughs> picture that. But um, my husband comes so much. Sarah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, just buckets. It's just that I'm what they're literally staring at pictures of him right now. Um, 
but I feel like the the couples, a part of the reason that the other couples <laughs> did make it, and by the way, if you guys haven't watched the show, like a sociologist, a sexologist, and a psychiatrist pair these couples up based on right. their, uh, based on paper. And, um, and one of the girls like starts crying at the altar because she's so unattracted <laughs> to the other guy. He's got moles on his face. Yeah, yeah. He's not but that cute. Ends up falling in love with him because he's super patient with her yeah. and like he's so funny and, she, you know, she just falls in love with him. And uh, so two out of the three couples make it. And I think a big reason that they make it is because they're almost forced to stay together when you just want to run. Mm. And like I feel like if I was forced to stay with someone and not just run, mm. maybe a lot more relationships that I was in would work out. Can I say, I got to tell you this, and this is not a popular, uh, this is not a popular perspective mm-hmm. that I'm about to Great. give. Um, <laughs> you know, people say to me all the time, why, why get married? It's not, it's, it's just the same thing. It's just a paper. Why not just live with somebody? I'll mm-hmm. tell you why I lived with somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've broken up with that person that I lived with before. And it was fucking horrifying. It was like death. It was the worst experience of my life to break up with someone that I lived with. And I will never do it again. I will never, I would, I swore then that I would never live uh, with a man without the commitment to marry mm-hmm. because it's, it is essentially marriage. Now, the distinction is when you marry somebody, they become your family. Mm-hmm. Now, legally, most people don't know this. I am legally, my last name is Segura and my middle name is Pajitsky, but it's such a fantastic stage name, <laughs> Pajitsky, that I have decided to keep that. <laughs> um, but we're family. Uh-huh. And it is harder to go, well, fuck you, I'm out. Right. If, guess what, dude? We're, <laughs> you're my family. Mm-hmm. I don't walk out on my family. And I see him differently than I did when we were just dating. Like, we're a ride or die. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I would take a bullet... We would eat each other's shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's love. Yeah. It is different. So listen, yeah. you single broads. If you've got a boyfriend out there who's giving you that whole, what's the difference? It's not, there's it, a difference. Right. And don't live with a guy without a commitment. Thank you. Good night. That's true. What do you think? No, I agree. Yeah. Right. I don't think I'll ever live with another guy unless I knew for sure that it was, you it's know. devastating. Yeah, it's too difficult. And I just don't want to upturn my life. And it's also like, I think it's another reason why, like, um, you know, when people say, oh, when you date someone older, like myself, who's like 36, you know, you go like, well, gosh, like they just, they move so fast. And it's like, well, yeah, things move faster when you're older because you know more what you want and what you don't want. So yeah. if I don't want you, we're not even going to get past the second uh, date. Yeah. It's all, it, you know, you know what you're into and you I know, know what the yeah. deal breaker if, is already. Yeah. If I like you, then I, I, I'm, I'm only going out with you because I see this going somewhere forever. Of course, you don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time. But you know what? That's not to say, guys. If there are people living together and they're totally happy with it, please don't take that wrong. Like, if, if that's yeah, your yeah. jam, then by all means. But just in, in this, uh, you know, old broad's opinion, it, it, it does make a difference. Yeah, I agree. To me, it did. I don't know. I, you know, I don't even, I don't really know if it's, if it's what I want. I, I have no idea. I used to, when I was younger, I thought I wanted kids and a family and marriage and, the older I get, the less I want all of that. The more I just want to be happy and travel the world and hang out with my dog. That's <laughs> the best. It really is the best. So, okay, here's the thing. Since philosophy has kind of failed me on this topic, I, I read this great book a while back called The Road Less Traveled. Um, it's by a guy named Scott Peck, A New Psychology of Love, Traditional Values, and Spiritual. Jesus Christ, doesn't that sound horrible? <laughs> it's really, okay, here's what that book is. Sounds like a mouthful. <laughs> I fell asleep. When Sounds you're heavy. Just telling me the title. Jesus Christ! No, this guy wrote. He's a psychotherapist. <laughs> I'm glad you said therapist faster than you. Psychotherapist. You the said title psycho, of that? and then you paused, <laughs> and then you said therapist. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, psychoanalyst, whatever. And he um wrote this great book about what it is for what is mental illness and what is proper mental cognitive behavior in adults and what happens. Like why mm-hmm. why do your wires get crossed? How to uncross them? Mm-hmm. And love is one of the higher forms of existence he talks about. So let's go through the motions. Let's go. Let's fall in love. Today, okay. Sarah. <laughs> so there's, there's a few phases to love. Um, we're going to talk about arrows cause that's really the funnest one, right? Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck about, yeah. you know, <laughs> come on, agape, who cares about Christly love? Who cares about family love? The Duggars. The Duggars. Right? That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about that. You want to hear about fucking. So, This guy, Scott Peck, I love how he defines falling in love. So the idea being that you're painful, you're lonely, right? Like you're, 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 you're lonely. You're this, this person and this ego in the world and you meet another person. Mm -hmm. And for that brief time, you're fucking, you know what I mean? You know, when you meet somebody in the electricity and the heat Mm -hmm. and it's like your ego boundaries are down, like you become one, like you mesh Mm -hmm. and that boundary, that ego stuff going away and meshing with another person, the reason it's so addicting to fall in love is because it mimics like the relationship you had to your mommy to when you were a little bambino, uh-huh. right? You were just meshed. You were breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so good. And then what really happens is um, eventually the beloved, the object of your desire, mm-hmm starts to do things that aren't as symbiotic, right? Mm-hmm. We used to do everything together and now you want to watch the game on Sunday and I, well, I want to go for brunch and why don't you want to do that? And all of a sudden, and that's what happens eventually that the, the fantasy kind of dies down, the erotic whatever dies down and now you see this person for who they are and that's when you can choose to either go forward with this relationship or put the brakes on it because the disillusionment phase happens. And I have a family member, I'm not going to say who my family, who goes through the cycle... Not it's just nonstop. My whole life, it's I'm I'm so in love with so and so. This is the greatest person ever. And then three months later, oh, we're done. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't stand them <laughs> because it's that perpetual cycle. And this guy Scott Peck says, is that his name? Scott Peck? Did I say Chris that? Peck? Scott Peck. Scott Peck. He's like, you can't help who you fall in love with, right? That part comes. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Oh, I love this. In some respects, the act of falling in love is an act of regression. The experiencing, uh, the experience of merging with a loved one has in its echoes from the time when we merged with our mothers in infancy. Oh, isn't that creepy? Say that again. So basically, falling in love is an act of regression. Like when you fall for somebody, Mm -hmm. you're emotionally and mentally regressing to the point of when you were merged with your mother during infancy. Like all, it's like you, you're. It's the two of you against the world. All things seem possible, right? United with our beloved, we feel we can conquer all obstacles. We believe that the strength of our love will cause the forces of opposition to bow down in submission and melt away into the darkness. All problems will overcome. It's very interesting, I think. And then disillusionment. And now what? Anyway, that's, I think that's a really that's neat way. That's very interesting. Because like my, um, my uh, therapist, uh, we used to talk about, like because uh, I, I went through like anger with my mother and then anger with my sister and anger with my father, you know, and... Um, a lot of it had to do with when my sister was born because my mom uh, got ovarian cancer like right after my sister was born. So here we have a new baby in the house and my mom's going through chemo Mm -hmm. and everybody's focused on those two. And then I'm just kind of like left in the dark, you know, Mm -hmm. like now you got to take care of yourself by yourself, you know, and that's where I decided like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I have just have to take care of myself and my family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I went through a lot. And then my therapist always said that like, 
that's that relationship when you have that bond with with your mother and then a new baby comes in it's a very different do you have a younger nope only child because they say that um it's kind of like if you are married and then your husband brings home a new wife and is like (sighs) no i love you just as much but we're gonna have this person live with us too and i'm gonna love them just like i love you but i still love you I just also love them. And like that's the feeling that you get when you're a child and a new baby comes in. Fuck you know what that I mean? new <laughs> baby. <laughs> so you have to spend so long getting over that because here you just had a love between the two of you and yeah. now there's a new wife in the picture, so to speak. So um, it's knew, very interesting. What's that asshole with all the wives? <laughs> the sister wives? <laughs> that guy. Could you imagine? Yeah. You're like, well, I want to share this dick with two other bitches? No yeah. way. <laughs> so, so, so your sister comes along is what you're saying. Yeah. And how old are you when your sister three and a half so that's your world mommy yeah. is yours and yeah. now mommy belongs to this bitch yeah this new and now kid. mommy's sick and like oh. yeah and the baby's crying and like everybody's taking care of mommy and the baby and, and no one's, and no taking, one's care? taking care of sarah oh. yeah so that was a tough you know and then but you know once as an adult you realize that that's what happened and then you then you just forgive and go you know because everyone's just trying to do their best you of know course, what i mean dude. so it's a uh, so once i was able to like forgive all of that that happened you know we've all been so much closer as a family and i've been so much happier but i think that that when you're talking about that regression of love in a relationship i think Mm. that that there is that point where you start going like is anybody else going to come into the picture you know i've been cheated on so many like almost by every boyfriend almost seriously yeah and it's like and i and Mm. i know that that has to be my own problem because i'm obviously it's not that these guys are assholes, it's that I'm picking them. Yeah, your picker's off, as My Patty picker, Stanger would say. Yeah. Huh. Because, uh, because I think a part of me needs somebody who doesn't need me a lot. Oh, you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Intimacy, intimacy uh, issues. Yeah. I have that too. So it's, <laughs> it's like I, Comedians, I, of I course. tend to, lately I've been become fixated on men that don't live in California. Oh, that's convenient. Yes. Hey, that's an easy way to not <laughs> yeah. have to experience real terrifying yeah. intimacy with yes. another human being. Yeah. And I miss them and then I want to see them. And then, you know, then you just kind of get your hopes up. and You're like, oh, we're going to see each other in this state or whatever. And then um, and then it never works out. But I think that that's because it's just a fantasy. It's not a real emotion. You know, it's just like no. something to take up the time. When I'm not, while I'm not ready. And I know a big part of it is that I don't want somebody to really see, like, I really feel, I think I really have a low self esteem when it comes to, like, either the way I look or the way, what I do on a daily basis. I don't want people judging me for watching CSI on my couch all day. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And you want, you want somebody to see the best parts of you, but showing people the worst parts of you is the, is the time that they really can care about you. And that's very difficult for me to show oh, yeah. those, those terrible parts. Sarah, I, I think what you've just touched upon is everybody's mm-hmm. central... Ter- intimacy is the most terrifying thing because what you're saying to somebody is here's the yuckiest part of me mm-hmm. here's the shit that i don't want anybody to see yeah. are you cool with this yeah and if you're you know i hope so because i'm really being vulnerable here and this is the biggest gamble of my life uh to show people the ugly parts i'll just tell you this like i uh i guess it was about a year and a half ago i was like uh i had just gone through gone through a breakup with this guy that i had been friends with for like nine years and we finally decided to like start dating and like he was a math teacher he was just like 
And then he like, we, you know, like we're so close for like a month and a half, just like everything. Finally, we were like both single at the same time. And it just seemed like everything was really working out. And, and then, uh, you know, we went to Comic-Con and then we went to, I had dinner or breakfast with his like brother and sister and, um, then he made me dinner and we had sex and he gave me like this two hour massage. And then oh, the next yeah. morning he called me and dumped me over the phone. Whoa, wow. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like it came out of nowhere. And immediately, at, and I was devastated immediately after that, I started dating somebody else that was going through a terrible breakup too. And, uh, and that ended really, it ended that, and that relationship went on for a couple months and it was very, you know, quick as well. And I walked in on him having sex with someone else, like literally walked in on, you know, and it was so devastating, you know, like these two things back to back. And I realized like, well, obviously I wasn't like really over the math teacher, you know, and I was just like running to kind of hide into this new relationship. And, um, and I was just devastated, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't talk to him or look at him and, and I, but I missed him. You know, even though you like see him doing this terrible thing and like, and, uh, you know, he was, it was on like the anniversary of his dad's death and he oh was like God. saying that he was like doing this cause it was just like, he was just acting out. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm more upset that like you didn't talk to me about it, you know, that you didn't yeah. talk to me about your feelings. Instead, you just reacted and did this thing and lied to me. And, and so <clears throat> a couple months ago we started talking again and, uh, and I was just like, oh, you know, like, I don't, you know, I didn't really want to see him again. But then all these feelings came back, you know, and I was like, well, maybe I should give it a shot because maybe we never started from a fair place. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. we were both like going through a break. We were we shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. And so maybe like, you know, if we start from square one and we're both like fresh like maybe things will be better and then he just like left out of the blue again Mm. and I was like man after I like psyched myself up so hard to like be okay with it again like Mm. I didn't even want to go in his house you know like I didn't want to like and um so that's really difficult for me because I feel like I just don't know what I'm doing wrong sometimes you know like I feel like I don't know if I'm just hiding or if I'm protecting myself by being with people who I, because I know how they're going to treat me. And so then it's easier because Mm. if somebody, I think like I've been talking about it on stage, but like dating assholes is way easier because when they hurt you, you're not shocked. Yeah. It's the nice guys who really hurt you. And I think the math teacher was the nice guy for me. Like that really came out of nowhere and and when he hurt me, I just, I didn't know how to trust anybody again. And again, you don't want people, you don't want to just keep like, you don't want to make people pay, you know, yeah. the price because yeah. of the sins of others. But, you know, it just, it's hard. Like after you just get punched so many times, you're like, how do I get back in the ring? You know, like, how do I just try and go out there and fight like literally my dog is my best relationship because you know he wants to see me every day and he likes all the food I make for him (laughs) (laughs) he wants to sleep with me every night nobody else and um and so I think I've just hit this place in my life where like I told you before we started like I keep going on these dates and these guys are awesome they're so great and and I just, I'm bored. Like, I just don't, it's not, I don't, 
want to be there. I think I just want to be alone because I'm terrified of like that nice guy hurting me again. Mm. You know, that's when it comes out of nowhere. Fuck, <laughs> Those man. are the ones that suck, you know. The nice guys, huh? You think yeah. that they they put on uh, the front and then they they pull a switcheroony? Is that? I think nice guys don't know how to end it. Yeah, you know? mm. they don't know how to tell you that they're not happy because you seem like everything that they're supposed to want too. And when they realize that it's not what they want, they don't know how to end that, and they just stay in it so that you're continuing to think that everything's fine. Mm. And then they just have to do something really drastic, mm. you know, like dump you over the phone or sleep with somebody, you know, like whatever it is. Like they have to shock you in a way just so that like, so that you're forced to break up with them yeah, it's, in a way. It's funny because I, oh, I'm sorry, dude. It's so brutal that you're going through this. I'm, <laughs> I'm like sorry. crying with you. I hate this. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't. Don't be sorry. I'm like, I, I, I want to, I want to solve this. Like I want, (laughs) I think everybody listening is like, can we please (laughs) figure this shit out? No, I know. But I think that, I think a lot of times though, like, I think that's also the curse of being able to put my feelings into words is that I feel like I'm a guinea pig a little bit, you know, because if I wasn't experiencing this, I wouldn't be able to talk about it to other people. And then they wouldn't feel like, you know, then now they don't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. So I feel like as a comic, you know, I feel a responsibility to go through these things and then talk about them on stage. It just feels so unfair, you know, that I'm... That's your thing. I feel like everybody gets a karmic bag of dog shit. Yeah. (laughs) My karmic bag of dog shit is my mother who's mentally ill and Mm -hmm. I had to grow up with a fucking dick bag mom. And then this is unfortunately, this is what you, this is your karmic bag that you're going to have to work through to get to the, and it's so hard when you're in it to go like, what is it? What, like, I want to forgive my mother. I want to love her. I want to find love. I Mm -hmm. want the agape, you know, I want that. Can't get there. Yeah. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. I don't know. Yeah. But because we're in it, we can't see. I can't see. I don't know how to get out. I, I'm, I'm, but that's no. why I see a shrink. Yeah. I mean, I did too. <laughs> what I does your shrink say? Any, any insight into like, what is it? Is it the picker? Is it that you can't help who you fall in love with? That's what no, this doctor like, is saying. It's not an act of will. Falling at the beginnings. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's horrible. You can't, you can't control who you no. fall in love with. You can control. Some you know variables later, but the initial yeah, forget I don't, it. I mean, I mean, obviously, like I am, you know, keeping. I think I am looking for something that's probably. Um, I, actually, I just don't know what I'm looking for. I think that's a, a bigger thing. But the things that I, maybe I'm kind of like that girl on Married at First Sight who's like, I think this is what I want, but I don't really pursue that. Like here I have like a couple guys that I've been dating. Like one is like, like a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. You know how I always talk about how I like love to put up shelves and love shit like it. that. And like, and he's awesome. And he's like also in a band and he has a really cool voice and he's a good singer. And like, I should be wanting to spend like every day with him, but I don't, you know, Does and I don't, it doesn't ring your bell. You know, yeah, okay, and here's like, my... that's like, that's the other part that's devastating is that right. I go like, Maybe I'm just not attracted to people that are going to be good for that me. That are going to ring your bell. Can I tell you something? And I know and I don't want to say it because like I have a friend that is going through something right now where she uh, she's in a current relationship where the guy she's with is on paper perfect. Mm-hmm. I was the, the guy I lived with on paper 
was an attorney. Okay. Smart guy. Yeah. The guy you're supposed to marry. Mm-hmm. And I was fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't stomach him. <laughs> yeah. And then I ditched that guy and I ended up marrying uh, <laughs> a broke. We were broke. Mm-hmm. Com- comic, kind of husky, bearded, smelly bear mm-hmm. who I adore. Yeah. Who's not you you wouldn't I don't know if you, two people people would put us together back in 2005. But because it what it felt right. Tom Segura felt into intuitively right and i and now and 10 years later it's kind of spooky because our our unconscious minds really melt like we both have similar family patternings that mm-hmm. yeah come together in a really ooky spooky way okay and that shit's unconscious mm-hmm. and the reason tom and i were like yeah like drawn it's unconscious there's nothing right so your wires unless you're un- unless you, but li- that's not to say that you know we're perfect or any it, it's just it's just a matter of those are your unconscious wirings, man. Mm-hmm. And maybe you got to let those wirings fly a little bit, and maybe not reject those parts of you that feel quote quote unquote wrong. I'm not supposed to marry a broke ass comic, right? Mm-hmm. That was my, it's my mother's nightmare. My mother didn't come to our wedding. Do you understand? Yeah. Well, she's also crazy. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure my parents were terrified for me, mm-hmm. but it ended up being the best decision mm-hmm. ever. The, Tom Segura is the best decision I ever made in my entire fuck, besides getting the dog. The dog's number one and Tom is number two. Um, but there is something to that. There, there is the oh, wiring. You're saying that I, that I should just force myself to be with somebody that I'm that you scared really, of. Yeah. The one mm-hmm. that you want to run from yeah. sometimes is the one you might need to... Well, I don't know. What was your mom and dad like? What was their dynamic? I think there's supposed to be something in that, right? Don't you mimic what you Yeah, I mean, they're, like, that's that, I talk about that on stage, too. My parents have been married for over 40 years, and they've always had a great relationship, you know? And, like, they've had this, like, um, agreement, you know, that my mom takes care of everything on the inside of the house, and my mm-hmm. dad takes care of everything on the outside. And mm-hmm. if anything from the outside ever crawls into the inside, he has to take care of that shit, too. Okay. And, um, you know, they just have this, like love for each other you know it's not like an ooey gooey love but you know they definitely care about each other and think of each other first you know what i mean and um and so i don't know i mean i guess wait, maybe wait, wait, i'm wait. like comparing that but you said that every guy you've been with is a cheater right so that sounds like that's lying mm-hmm. so why is it what is somewhere in your brain it's okay maybe you're attracting people that it's okay for them to lie to you? Like, is that, did your dad lie to you or your mom or lying? Is that an issue in your family or cheating? No, they've never Hmm. cheated on each other. Um, And uh, the lying, yeah, like, uh, I mean, they let me down a couple times, you know, when I was little, you know, where they like just didn't protect me. Hmm. And so like from bullies and stuff. Hmm. And, um, And that was really tough, but... No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where the the lying and the deception comes in unless I just feel like my parents said they loved me and then they didn't or something but or maybe I didn't think they did and they or they I felt like cuz they do. They tell me that they love me all the time, but I think there were a couple times when they didn't show it mm-hmm. and I was like very upset with them for a long time about that. Um but you know I don't know. Who knows, yeah, you? I guess uh, there's this one part of my life that I can remember when I was like six years old and I used to have to ride the bus all the time because uh, we were poor and we had to ride the bus. And my parents always told me I had to be honest all the time. Like I always had to tell the truth. And uh, there's this guy on the bus that like 
we you had a radio, <laughs> you had like a big radio, That's one of those huge radios, like black people have, yeah, like a boombox, like Dave Chappelle carried, and, yeah, and uh, and so the principal came on the bus. And was like, does anybody on the bus have a radio? And everybody like, and everyone's quiet. And I was like, that guy has a radio, <laughs> you know? Oh no, yeah. And so that guy started bullying me on the bus, and I used to bring a baton to school all the time <laughs> because I I really wanted to to play you know like be able to twirl a baton but my parents couldn't afford the classes or anything but i was like no i could just practice on my own and then i'll figure it out and i always had bruises on my head where it hit me (laughs) baton's brutal yeah it's not it was this gold one too it was a golden with like red knobs on the end and he used to take that baton and like hold me up against uh, against my shoulders on the seat and tell me i was going to miss my stop and he wasn't going to let me on and finally i got up the courage to tell my parents to tell my dad that this was happening i don't remember if it was my dad or my mom and I said, so-and-so is doing this to me on the bus. You know, why is he doing that? Because I told on him for having a radio. And he said, well, you shouldn't have told on him. <laughs> so your parents told you to lie? Yeah, after they had told me that. And like that oh, immediately, boy. I was like, what? It almost makes me cry now, oh, you know? I'm sorry, mommy. Yeah, I think that was like a turning point where I was like, okay, I'm alone. No yeah. one's going to protect me. Yes. I have to take care of myself and I just have to be, you know, honest. Mm-hmm. And I guess being brutally honest on stage is like kind of what made me a good comic, but <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I think uh feeling unprotected. I have that theme too in my childhood because yeah. of my mom being a fucking nutbag. Um, so you learn really quickly to not trust people and to yeah. not give your heart to people. And maybe that might be, that could be part of why you put your faith in the wrong people, your trust rather right. in the wrong people. And I've done that too. Historically, well, I've had yeah. shit dick friends and shit dick managers, agents who've lied to me and stolen from me because like when you don't learn how to trust the right people as a kid, then right. it gets harder as an adult. And now I'm finally learning like, oh, you're a shit dick. You <laughs> yeah. don't get to be in my life. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't get to have this. Right. So I think that like for me, like when I've dated these people who have cheated on me or hurt me, that's because I kind of saw that coming. So in a way, that's a way to protect myself. So like when mm. it happens, I'm not, totally destroyed because in a way i kind of saw it coming but what happens is like with the math teacher who's like a friend Mm. who i've known for nine years who i finally like relented to and i was like yes i'm gonna be with this person like we're both finally in the same place and we both loved each other for years and now it's gonna be um and i think probably it was like this fantasy in my mind uh, more than anything but i think that probably hurt me more than like the military guy or like Mm. anybody you know because that's somebody that i had known and trusted for years and years and years just like my dad and then when they uh betray my trust and then they let me down that's even harder we'd only been together for a couple months you know so i go why should i be upset like it wasn't but if you think about it we've been together for 10 years you trusted this person (laughs) yeah i had a (laughs) talking about this one but i had a boyfriend who I, I was friends with for many, many years beforehand. Uh-huh. And when I, when we broke up, he revealed such a colossal fucking lie to me. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I can't go to detail. It was so fucking horrific. And you're like, you 
motherfucker <laughs> like we knew each other for how long and you're gonna tell me blank 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 now it was like it's such a betrayal and, yeah. and you're like you of all people <laughs> yeah you of all people. And, and, but yeah. you know what that is too is the expectations on people that they have to be this way or that way and not looking at things can i tell you this is going to sound so unprofessional and so unphilosophical um I listened to Dr. Laura. I don't know uh-huh. if you realize that. I started listening to Dr. Laura as a joke. Uh-huh. And I still do mostly as a joke because she has ridiculous views on homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And she blames the feminist movement for ruining everything, which is hilarious. Um, but she does have, a, I think, a pretty solid philosophy when it comes to love. Mm-hmm. And she has this phrase where she says, choose wisely and treat kindly Mm -hmm. and she believes like you know the first two years you're dating somebody you're watching them Mm -hmm. it's really watching and waiting the first few i would say months the first couple months you're just fucking and you're just so exciting Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but then then i feel like it is a watching and waiting like are you lying to me Mm -hmm. does he lie does he does he do what he says he's gonna do is Mm -hmm. he taking tons of drugs is Mm he gainfully employed like i i think ultimately Men like men show the people, people rather, not I don't want to get gender specific, show you who they are. And it's like either we choose to see some stuff, obviously, but there's times when you will be victimized. I am not saying, no, 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 I choose to ignore a lot of red flags. Okay. But that's also because, like, I am afraid that I'm judging them based on past, you know? Oh, so you're overcompensating for shit in the past. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, no, no, like, I see that that's wrong. Right. And I'll mention it. Okay. And uh, then there'll be like some sort of excuse for it. And then I'll just be like, okay, yeah, like I'm just not gonna, right. I'm not just gonna assume that they have like a wife and a kid, you know, or something, you know? <laughs> what, which they might. No. Yeah, which and they then, might. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I do the same thing with crazy people because my mother's crazy. Right. And I'm always like, all right, is this, is this, um, are these residuals from having a crazy mom or right. am I overreacting to this person's mm-hmm. behavior? Or is this person somebody I shouldn't have in my world? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I have to check in with my shrink all the time and kind of be like, hey, am I out of line? Right. Why am I so triggered by X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And that's, I, that's, that's just a, a rewiring of your, right. your behavioral. I mean, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's like your mind's mapping, man. You got to fucking, all those wires across. Yeah. You got to uncross some wires, motherfucking shit. Yeah, I do. And it's, uh, it's not easy, you know? No. Because you're also trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know? Like, I just had a guy call me uh, who I hooked up with in January. He's, like, another military guy. And, um, you know, like, we just kind of kept in touch, you know? I wasn't, didn't have any delusions, like, this was going to turn into anything. But, again, he lived far away, so I was like, he seems awesome. (laughs) Perfect. Military, which means he's here all the time. Yeah, Marine, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, those Uh, guys are always around. Yeah, so... uh, you know, he had said something about coming to California like in April and then that didn't come through. And, you know, he asked me to join Snapchat so that we could like send each other pictures because he Get didn't picks. like to show like, no, I oh. never do any of that yeah, stuff. Me neither. <laughs> I find it so weird. I think it's so gross. It's yeah. just for dudes. Dick pics are just for dudes. So that like a guy gets a pic. If I get a picture of a dick, I'll show it to other dudes. That's a- I'm just like, your your means of showing oh. without feeling homosexual. Can I, can I tell you, I'm so, I, I never had all that dating. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh, we had i think tom and i had friendster like that's how far back so okay i'm foreign to all this shit so anyway so he asked me to be on snapchat because he is in the military and like didn't he doesn't like to post on facebook all these like crazy pictures of his life and stuff and i was like okay and uh 
And, you know, like we just would, we, we stayed in touch like Snapchat, but it was never, you know, he moved in with some girl over the summer or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, congrats. We stayed friends. And then he emailed me out of the blue the other day. You know, we still probably send each other a picture a week of wherever we are. And, um, and then he has emailed me and said, um, can you call me? I have some, a really selfish favor to ask. And I was like, hmm, okay. And I figured it would be something with comedy, you know? And, uh, and then, uh, he it's like, wanted, do you have herpes too? Yeah. Because... Yeah. He said, uh, Shit. I just wanted to tell you that when we hooked up in January, I had a girlfriend and I was lying to you this whole time. And... Oh, oh, that's what she has. <laughs> that's like, a fun favor. <sighs> you know? And I'm just like, and I got really upset because I felt like I was duped again by another military person, you know? So here so I am going like, There's Oh my a... God. Like what? But I wasn't even involved with it. You know, like we hooked up and I thought maybe that, but I, it wasn't a relationship, you know, it was more of a friendship. And I was like, well, if I ever see him again, like maybe there'll be something, but I don't know. I wasn't, but I was just like, uh, I was more just like, and I was like, well, did you tell her? Like, does she know? Oh boy. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, why are you telling me? You know, like, why do I, so I'm just assuming that either he's about to get married and wants to like clear his conscience or something, but I don't know. Like I was just like, wouldn't have mattered to me because I'm not intending on being with him ever. But it's uh, a little extra salt in that one. Yeah. So, but in hindsight, do you do you see were there any flags? And I'm and I am saying I guess sometimes the Snapchat thing. You are victimized sometimes. People yeah. do become victims of predatory douchebags. But sometimes, like I like to do autopsies of yeah. and go, oh, like the guy who had a big secret that he didn't tell me. Looking back, I go, well, there's there was some shit that wasn't kosher from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I'm guessing like just him it. saying, you know, like let's do Snapchat because I don't like to put pictures oh, of my right, right. my huh. personal life on huh. Facebook. So, oh. therefore, I never really even went to his Facebook or anything, you know. So we, you never looked at his profile. I did, see. you know, like when I first met him, but I didn't see anything, like no signs of like relationship or anything. And had you met him online or in person? Oh, I met him in person. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I feel like the whole online thing too adds another level of the ability to be duped because how do you know what the fuck somebody's telling? They're not being vetted by your friends and your family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also maybe, I, I honestly have no business talking mm-hmm. about dating in this world, in the world we live in now, but mm-hmm. I imagine statistically women get fucked over more because of the online. You can be a different person online. People misrepresent themselves on Facebook that I know. Yeah. For instance, we're just having best time ever. And you're like, no, you're not, bitch. Yeah. If you were really having a good time, you wouldn't yeah. have time to take the fucking yeah. photo and blah, blah. Like, come on. I think men and women equally get duped. Absolutely. I wouldn't say that uh, it's just women getting duped because women are, a, you know, smarter and a little bit more manipulative with their pictures and like, you know, like, but when I went through the military guy problem, um, when I did Ari's podcast about it, I got so much mail from people who are going through exactly what mm. I had gone through. And, and, and one guy had been, um, had been manipulating a woman for years mm. and didn't, but he had been a fan of mine for years and didn't realize how much it was affecting her until mm. he heard me talk about it. And then he gave me an outline of how he did it. Wow. Like on a daily basis, like when he would pull away, when he would push harder, like all of this stuff. And I, and he, you know, created a fake email just to even send me that. I mean, but it was fascinating, you know, you're just like, wow, like people really like think about stuff like this. And when you're an honest person like myself, you don't think of people lying because you just don't do that. Mm. So 
it's like I I think I'm I'm consciously I'm like constantly trying to like not assume that someone's lying, but because of that, I think I get hurt. So you overcompensate. I understand what you're saying. Plus, you want the relationship. I mean, everybody yeah, I want them wants, to be being honest. And of course, and I I feel like I am aware when people are being dishonest, but there's I don't. Like, obviously, like, when I walked in on that guy having sex with someone else, I knew something was going on. Like, I knew there was a, like, when he texted me, I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. I don't feel good. Mm. And then I called him and he didn't answer. And I was like, I'm just going to go by because I have a key and I have a code, you know, and all this stuff. So I just walked in. Wow. And I think I knew. I knew. But, like, that was my women's. And I could have ignored it and I could have kept going on. But I did that and I needed to see that. And I knew I needed to go through that to walk away because I wouldn't have. I would have just kept trying to take care of him and help him through his breakup as a way of like deflecting my own hurt from my own breakup. Mm. And uh, so I realized that, you know, but I am also much quicker at telling when someone's lying and getting out of it. But you still end up getting into it. And it's like the getting into it that I don't want to. I mean, maybe I have it. I mean. Maybe I've like by saying no to tons of guys for dates, you know, I sub like maybe they are assholes and I'm just I'm aware that they're like there's something wrong with them and I don't go out with them. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that's but I don't I don't know. Maybe your radar I hope your radar is getting better and that's what is happening. Yeah, I just don't want it to be too um high dash, you know, like to where I'm just like shutting people out because um because I'm scared, you know. Love is scary. I yeah. think, like I like we said in the beginning of the show, it's the scariest prospect to well, share. To yeah, share, yeah, and I think it's somebody. really scary for me right now because I've really, I'm just so worried about success in this business and like the work that we're doing. You know, you've, oh yeah, we we've, talked about we've that. put in so much time, right, to this relationship, the relationship of stand up comedy, the mm-hmm. relationship of like of our own business. So like when you own your own business, which is what we, we are self-employed and we employ ourselves. It's like you work so hard and right. you just don't want, you want to, you don't want to lose focus. your, you don't want to lose your business. Can I tell you something? And I agree with you. And I, I, I recognize this fear and this is why I've delayed having kids and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Cause I'm so focused on the big show business. Mm-hmm. Group. And I got to tell you, I, I tried keeping my life small for many years, small mm-hmm. meaning easily transportable, uh, we don't spend too much money, so there's no risks. I don't have a dog. I, even though, you know, as long as you've known me, I wanted a dog. Mm-hmm. And I find that the more I add to my world, mm-hmm. it's actually made everything better. So, for instance, like, you can only work on your career eight hours a day, man. Right. Let's be, re- like, realistically. Yeah. Okay? If I do, do that. If you do that. <laughs> and this goes for everybody listening. This is not just comedy. Anybody who has, and I understand, dude, having your own business is, it is a full-time gig. But realistically, you shouldn't be, if you're doing 23 hours a day, seven days a week, guess what? You're going to end up in a pool of your own blood like Ariana <laughs> Huffington did. I mean, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. You just can't. It's not. It's not. Well, sustainable. even when people go to work, they're on Facebook a lot. Oh, for fuck's you know sake! I mean? When so I work like... in an office, I work two hours a day. So, but the point being that you're going to clock out, and you're mm-hmm. you're going to need time mm-hmm. to to be with yourself, to be with loved ones, to be whatever. So, adding a man or a woman or whatever a dog, as you've you've mm-hmm. you loved having you love having this dog, can only enhance your life. It can only fulfill it. I guess, like, uh, I agree in many ways. Um, 
But this summer when I was like super depressed and like scared about like losing my house and like losing everything that I had, that having a dog made me even more scared because mm. I was like, what am I going to do to his life? Like, am I going to have to give him up? Am I going to, you know? So that made me more scared. So like, I was like, what if I had a kid? You know what I mean? Like, I'd be so much more stressed out about mm. like just keeping them alive. So I think like part of it is, um, is just, I think I really just have to continue to work on loving myself Ooh, because that's that, a good topic. you know, like that's that like, best. that's the key is like, until I'm willing to unconditionally love myself, then obviously no one else can love me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they think that they can and they know like I get you know, people that propose to me when I'm on stage and stuff, but that's like not real. And like, they don't have to spend a nightly base, you know, I mean, they probably want to spend nights with me, but like, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's the fantasy you too. That that's the public representation. Yes, of course. Um, interesting. You say that. Yes, I agree with you. It does help to have a partner when the shit hits the fan. Right. Um, to have somebody to lean into at the end of the day. <clears throat> it really has helped me because I grew up alone. My mother is a crazy person and I grew up an only child. So most of my childhood was spent alone hiding from my mother, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> listening to records, you know, like <laughs> just trying not to, trying not to be a burden on anybody, unfortunately. Right. So my biggest thing was like, I can't be a burden on right. anyone. Uh-huh. I can't ask for help. Mm-hmm. I certainly can't have needs because um, that's a huge one that you learn yeah. as a kid. If your parents don't take care of your needs, then you learn to mask them really easily. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the struggle of love is to uh, allow someone to know those needs and know that they can care for you the way you care for them and to, can you, to continually care for that other person as well, much as you care for yourself, if not more. I think about Tommy. I, I think about myself. I love myself, and then I love him even more. Like yeah. I try to make him... Well, I always think about my husband. What... What can I, I'm on the way home. What can I, can I bring you something Mm -hmm. just to make your day nicer? Mm -hmm. Like that Dr. Laura, (laughs) it sounds corny, but she does encourage women to be sweet. Oh yeah. Be sweet, man. What, you're not going to harm anybody in the house by putting your arms around your husband and, or your boyfriend sitting on their lap and saying, I love you. You're fantastic. I'm Mm -hmm. so happy you're here. That goes with everybody. Just everybody wants to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. And, yeah, and you're love, amazing. And that's the um, the force, the agape force that right. is, we're referring is the universal. It, it makes the universe grow as love. It makes everything expand. Nobody gets better out of fear and anxiety. No. Nobody grows into a new no. way of being. Um, well, I have fear. to constantly put myself in the position of the other person because when I, because I'm the same way as you, like I don't want to ask for anything. I don't want to ask for help. And like, that's what I realized like years ago when I was like, and I was in like another bad uh, part of my life where I was like, didn't have any money. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, what am I really afraid of? Oh, I'm not afraid of losing my apartment. I'm afraid of having to ask for help. Ooh, girl. You know what I mean? That's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm afraid of. And cause to me that feels like losing, like Mm -hmm. I just lost. And, uh, but you know, then you have to just realize that this business is waves, and like, if 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 I had a friend that didn't ask me for help, I would be devastated mm-hmm. if they were going through that and they didn't ask me. And so, when I'm in a relationship and I'm feeling this way, you know, like I don't want to tell them, I don't, and I, I would be so upset 
just like with the guy that I walked in on having sex with someone, he was reacting because of the death of his father. And I was more upset that he didn't talk to me about that. Right. And so, because sex is sex, but hiding your feelings is different. Like, to me, that's way worse. So I have to just realize, like, if that was, if I was on the other side and, you know, my boyfriend would just, like, and I wanted to know what was going on and wanted to know that I was sad and wanted to help. Like I have to let him do that because that's exactly what I would want him to do to me. If he was sad, if he needed help, if he, you know, yeah. So I'd be pretty bummed if someone fuck somebody else. Yeah. That's, telling me. yeah. <laughs> I'd have a hard time. Um, yeah. That's well, yeah, of it's course. Tough, tough. Like that's like that's horrifying. Obviously like that's, yeah, but it just added insult to injury with, with the, with the lying about oh, the girl, other thing. Get yeah. your life, liars. Get your <laughs> life. Now, you brought up a wonderful point. Love of the self. And in this book uh, by Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled, I highly recommend it for anybody who's like, what is psychoanalysis all about? What the fuck are you talking about? What is therapy? It's such a great book to kind of wrap your head around what it is to... Because I don't know what it is to be a healthy person. I didn't learn from my family. I have to. I'm learning now. I'm We're learning all learning now. as we go. Yeah, and I, because I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to live the second half of my life the way I did the first half. I certainly. Um, it was a lot of anxiety that was unnecessary, and a lot of sadness. I was goth for longer than I should have been, but <laughs> it's really embarrassing when I think about it. I was like 20 and still rocking a cape and witch boots. So. Um, but most importantly, I think you're right when you say if you can't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. And man, is that the root of everything. Love of the self. And when I say that, I don't mean... Um, here, I'm going to read you this quote. Not only do self-love and love of others go hand in hand, but ultimately they are indistinguishable. Now, that's really something else. Now, people say, love yourself. And it it sounds like dog shit. Yes. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck are you saying yeah. to me? It doesn't even make sense. Now, this is going to sound even wackadoodler. I listened to this woman, Louise Hay. Have you heard of her? Mm-mm. Man, if you want to do some head <laughs> tripping, Louise Hay, she founded Hay House Publishing, and she she's a new age publisher, and she was helping the AIDS epidemic in the 80s and helping people heal their bodies through self-love. She believes mm-hmm. that every illness in our body is correlated to lovelessness, to... You know, uh, to some thought that's fucking mm-hmm. going, no, you know, who knows, whatever. It's still a good theory. She does this thing where she goes, go to the mirror, look in the mirror and just say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm serious, Sarah. Go yeah. home, go to your bathroom and just say in the mirror, look in your own eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> do, you, do you see how you're reacting? You're yeah. laughing because the thought of it is fucking horrifying. <laughs> I know. And I know. Why, it, I know. why would it be? And here's the thing, too, is like... um. I was just talking to Tommy about this, that um, I say awful things to myself. My self-talk sometimes, I really monitor it because I say shit to myself that I would never say to my dog. Yeah, Or to like, to you. I would never, the way I self-talk and I really have to monitor it and be loving as opposed to like, (laughs) you're you're the worst. You suck. Oh, you're so stupid. And like, what? Why why am I doing that? And I think when you realign that, everything else kind of comes together because yeah. I started really focusing on self-love and self-care this year, and everything has gelled a lot easier for me. Yeah. You know? Well, that was my New Year's resolution this year was, like, not do things that I don't want to do. Yeah. Because, and to huge. just be able to admit to myself that 
just I don't want to no I don't want to go to dinner I know I said I did but I don't (laughs) because I just don't feel like it I can change my mind if that's how I have to really pay attention to how I feel and what I need and what I want and yes I have to motivate myself to like get out and actually do things and force myself to do things that I don't necessarily want to do just so that I'm like living and focusing on that because if not I'll just stay at home in the dark yeah but um not the dark, but like <laughs> watching too much TV. Yeah. yeah, I do that too. But um, it's called isolating. Yeah, it's really healthy. Yeah, too. but yeah, I think I just have to really pay, and I do. <laughs> I do consciously pay attention to the things that I say to myself, and like I'll make myself stand in front of the mirror naked too, Ooh, because I'm like worried. I'm consciously. One. I'm so self conscious about my body, so I have to like pick something on my body that I really love and then I'll just like give myself um, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> give, Positive affirmations. Give, yeah, give myself compliments on that body part for that day. I don't do it that often. I should probably <laughs> do it more. But but yeah, I think that's important. And like or if I'm like running and stuff, like I really try to work through stuff. I don't listen to music or anything when I exercise so I can just really get into my head and think about the things that are really bothering me or that I'm upset about. I mean, I was running the other day because I really hate running. Mm. And I was like, why do I hate running? And I was like, oh, I hate it because I feel like I'm supposed, I have to do it. Because I feel like I'm living in a world where this is like a body that I'm supposed to have and like, you know, and that's why I... I hate exercise because I feel like people are making me do it as Mm. opposed to me feeling like I want to train for this fight. Because this business is a fight. And like, so instead of like, instead of like sitting there and just like thinking about how much I hate exercise, instead, when I go and exercise, I like play like the Rocky theme in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I got to gear up for the, this match. You know what I mean? Like, um, this, this business is a fight. And if I want to be the best me, then I have to be ready for that fight at all times. Well, what if, and I agree with you, mm-hmm. some days it is a battle. And actually, a, a, life is for everybody, I would say. Even mm-hmm. even people not in show business. Everybody, mm-hmm. every day, is it is a battle. And uh, But what if we reframe the exercise question mm-hmm. as not something rooted in... Because um, to, to prepare for battle is a warrior. Yes, I get that. What if instead it's rooted in love? Yeah. Love for Sarah Tiana. Yeah, love for like wanting my body to feel yes. good. Love my body. Love yeah. for all the parts that are jiggly mm-hmm. and wobbly and mm-hmm. may always be jiggly and mm-hmm. wobbly. Mm-hmm. But today you're going to fight the good fight of loving yourself. Right. And of rising to, to elevate everything. And I think the older I get, the more I realize that is the state that we all want to be at the higher state, the higher level of consciousness is love, not right. fear, not anxiety, not fuck you. You know, I'm, I'm involved in some legal shit right now. And uh, it's nasty because I read these letters that attorneys draft and you're like, what alien language is this? <laughs> Who thinks like this? Mm-hmm. Well, attorneys do. And this is why I dropped out of law school because mm-hmm. I cannot bring myself to dwell on a daily basis for money in this realm of you did this and you're going to pop up that yeah. negative shit yeah. makes me crazy. <laughs> I must think in love. I right. must wake up every morning and I must train my mind mm-hmm. like a, a yogi. I train my mind and I go, I will not sink to the depths of despair. I will not sink to fear. I will not succumb to anxiety. I will dwell in love mm-hmm. and I will fucking put it out there, man. And it won't get always reciprocated. Mm-mm. It won't. People will still come at you, but you right. know what? You did your part. Yeah. You did you, bro. Yeah. You did your part. I did me, bro. You did. And you know what that is? Love. That's deep, bro. 
<laughs> it's deep. That's deep. Well, listen, I, you know, I think, I feel like we should come back and we should check in with you. Yeah. On this topic. Let's give you like, I have a feeling in six months from now, your story is going to be a little different. Something tells me you're on the verge of a change. <laughs> you're, you're shifting. Your plates are moving around. Maybe. Yeah. Plate tectonics, tectonics, whatever that tectonic word is. Shift. Yeah, the, the the plates are are rubbing against each other right now, and your psyche, I can sense it. And there's getting me a little turned on that you keep rubbing meow, your hands together meow, like that. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I'm feeling, Sarah Tiana, that things are going to turn around for you very shortly. Thank and you. This is going to be a good year for you. It is already, but maybe 2015, you're going to find love yeah. for yourself and for yeah, me yeah. first, you first, <laughs> and then some other fucking schmuck, right? Yeah, All right. him well, second. I love you, and I'm so glad that you came um to do this i really appreciate it i love you too come back again please thank you i will okay i love you meow now what i don't know philosophize with Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's deep, bro It is the ultimate metaphor for life And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro That's deep, bro, That's deep, bro.